This podcast replay, it's brought to you by Nature B. Hey, it's Big O in a virus-filled world. Boost your immune system the way I have for 20 years. Two capsules a day, sustained energy all day long. Order at naturebee.com and use my code Big O for free shipping. Naturebee.com. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. There we go. I was wondering where, where I was. Where am I? Can I be found? I'm searching. Anyway, welcome back. Boys are done with the hour. We are loaded today, by the way. Uh, we did the redrecover.com inside the paint show with Ira Winderman and Kurt Heelan. Don't forget, right now, 30% still for the human wraps and the doggy wraps. The doggy wraps are going to stay at 30%, but the human wraps are about to come off the 30%. So go to redrecover.com. Make sure you get your wrap at 30% off right now. So if you need it, redrecover.com, that red light therapy, it works, man. It works, baby. Uh, we got Cam Wolf will be joining us at 1030. Uh, we got Matt Verderam. We're going to step into the Red Recover huddle at 11 o'clock. At noon, Omar Kelly will join us. So we'll have some fun with Omar. So we got a loaded, loaded show. Uh, we got some things to talk about. I see some uh, some guy, G. Reed, says, uh, Big O, does he ever discuss the Marlins? So I sent him a text. What is there to discuss except complain? He goes, season projections, spring ball, etc. All right, let's see, G. Reed. Season projection, no playoffs again. They can't score runs. They don't have enough offense. So Sandy and Jazz will be about the only things to watch. What else is there to say about the Marlins? What else is there? Really, seriously. What else is there to say about the Marlins? You got to do something to earn the talk, you know? I, I watch them, but they suck. They don't have enough offense. There's not, There's going to be nothing to talk about. Every five days, we'll be wowed by Sandy. Occasionally, we'll say, hey, did you see that thing that Jazz did? And that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. Skip Schumacher isn't making a difference. I love that. When they hired her, it's like, all right, I like this manager. Well, the manager still needs talent. He didn't give any talent. Like I said, what's there to talk about about the Marlins except complain? They're one and nine after yesterday's loss. One and nine. Okay. One and nine. Skip Schumacher ain't going to make a difference. They don't have enough offense. All right. They uh, can hit, you know, the, you know, I, last time I checked G Reed, the manager can't hit, can't pitch, can't defend. So they're off today, off tomorrow. They take on Washington on Friday. What else is there to talk about? You know? The Marlins made me lose my interest in baseball. Yeah, they they contribute to having no interest in baseball because they do nothing interesting in baseball. So, yeah. So. There you go. That's your Marlins talk. Uh, you, we got it out of the way now, right? Okay, now let's get to doing some real sports talk for the next couple of hours here on the program. Anyway, 
Uh, congratulations to the Panthers last night. They got it done against the Golden Knights and won two in a row, which is awesome. Bob had 31 saves. They got Chicago on Friday. Uh, we've got the Heat and the Cavs tonight. We'll see how uh, they limp in. And it's a very interesting story that Jimmy Butler would be at Paul Gasol's jersey retirement yesterday in Los Angeles. So you flew from here to Los Angeles to then come back to play tonight against Cleveland. Wow. Okay. I hope you slept in the plane that way and on the way back, and I hope you were able to sleep really, really well. Hope you had a first-class seat that you were able to, like, extend it all the way like like flatbed pretty much i hope you were able to do that not necessarily the smartest thing to do in season travel from miami to you know all right so you're that good of friends that you played in chicago that you you bonded that well i gotta tell you bro you know maybe you could just send a video or send a you know um, a, a nice card and a bottle of whatever, but to travel all the way over there and your body's that beat up, not a good thing. I hope Jimmy can have a good night tonight. Cavs are favored by two and a half. You almost kind of like that, that bet now because of what Jimmy did last night, flying to Los Angeles and coming back. That is some crazy ass shit, dude. Okay. That's crazy. That makes no sense whatsoever, but it, I, I'm telling you, this is a different Heat organization. They have they have let the foot off the pedal. It's the only way I can tell you. You know, it's, uh, it's much more uh, like a summer camp than it is a, a uh, a uh, what's it called um a breaking training or something you know it's uh it, it's 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 more like summer camp than boot camp there we go that's what i was looking for i, I kind of like heat boot camp instead than heat summer camp heat summer camp isn't really working out too well for the uh for miami oh what player would you like us to sign yeah yeah you're all right we'll give you a contract Oh, you need foot surgery? We'll give you a contract. You oh, you're a lazy ass? Yeah, we'll give you a hundred million dollars. It's a different, different team, brother. Different team. So what can I tell you? But tonight, 7:30, Cavs and Heat. We'll see what happens. I'll be watching for sure. Frankie Fresco. Oh, we got oh AEW tonight. Okay. Uh Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. Hmm. Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. Okay. You know, let me tell you something. The other day I was on social media and there's this uh I, I there's this one Twitter handle that I follow that has like a lot of throwback stuff. And they and they showed us an orange Julius, you know. And there was an orange Julius in all the malls down in South Florida back in the day. I'm sure there were orange Julius's somewhere around the country where you lived and all that. Remember the orange Julius? 
I mean, you think about it. Orange is something that's been around for a while in our in our in our lives. You know, um, there's the Orange Bowl, right? Uh, spent many many days in the Orange Bowl. Think about that, right? And so, you know, we uh, we think about orange, and and it's it's like a pleasant thing. Jay Lethal, oh, you know, sounds nasty. Sounds intimidating, no doubt about it. But I tell you, an Orange Julius is even more intimidating. Okay? And if Orange Cassidy has a little bit of a Orange Julius before he steps into the ring tonight, then I think he's going to take care of Jay Lethal. You know? So there we go. And Cassidy, of course, we had a Cassidy in the Partridge family. So we're, we'll go with Orange Cassidy over Jay Lethal, okay? And, you know, I used to like uh, Lethal Weapon a lot, but then Mel Gibson kind of showed his cards of being an anti-Semite, so I don't watch. I, I kind of ban all Mel Gibson movies now. Can't watch an anti-Semite anymore, you know, one of those things. So I am barring Lethal because of, the anti-Semite. So I'm going Orange Julius against Cass uh, Orange Julius Cassidy over Jay Lethal. What do you got for me here, Sean? Wow, I got a thumbs up for Orange Cassidy. See? Everybody likes Orange Julius. Yes. It's not a thumbs up. It's the Orange Cassidy thumb. This is this oh, is his his little thing, he oh. just sits there and he has his thumb kind of raised up a little bit. Oh, so it's a thumb just barely yeah, over he the just, he, He's just a cool, mellow dude. He just, just goes with the flow. He wrestles with his hands in his pockets. There you go. An Orange Julius is something you just mellow out and have, bro. That's it. So there you go. And it's not lethal, the Orange Julius. Maybe the farts it produces will be lethal, but outside of that, it's not going to be that lethal. So we're going with Orange Cassidy over Jay Lethal, and you now know why. Okay? Orange Bowl, Orange Julius, we're in. That's it. That's all you need. That's the breakdown. And, yes, Frankie, thank you for the love on the Super Chat double. And I'll see you at Greta Van Fleet tonight. Can't wait, bro. Get a little Greta Van Fleet tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody take advantage of the dip? The dip. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, oh, be careful. Orange Julius is owned by the company who made your hot dog disaster, Dairy Queen. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. TD Clown Talk. Um, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Um, let's see. What else do I have here on the show? Big O, been a minute checking in, been working a lot. Uh, there were teammates in Chicago. Maybe they were good friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get it. It's just... You know, you're playing the next day, bro. The the priority has to be the team. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just, 
I don't feel like the priority is the team. You know what I mean? I almost feel like, you know, Jimmy's just doing whatever the hell he wants to do. And, and, uh, this franchise is kind of, uh, you know, lost its way a little bit here. They need to get back on track. I've been saying it for a while. Uh, let's see. Still going to open day with my old man. Never been to an opening day before. There you go. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's always good to go to opening day, go to a baseball, go to any, go to a baseball game throughout the year. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, I'm not, when, when I was, when, when Loria was here, I was openly telling you, you know, you're stupid for going to see Loria. Okay. Cause that's an evil person, not trying to win, just trying to take your money. I don't blame Bruce. Bruce doesn't have enough money. It is what it is. He's not really an evil person. It's just, you know, he just doesn't have enough money. And so I, you know, I, I wouldn't tell you not to support these guys, support them, go, go root the kids out. But let's be honest now, they're not good enough. All right. And that's just the bottom line. So until they're able to draft, develop several, you know, bats to go along with the arms they have, they're not going to, they need a 2003 Marlins season or what the Royals did, which are the only two teams in our lifetime that were able to do that during this, you know, big money era of baseball that you brought up enough minor leaguers that, you know, you hit lightning in a bottle with a whole bunch of them and you have a good enough team to actually make some noise. That's about the only way you're going to do it. And right now they don't have enough of those bats in the lineup you know what i mean they may have enough pitching but they don't have enough hitting unfortunately and that's just the bottom line but again i, I mean i don't blame bruce sherman you know he's doing the best he can do he doesn't have a he doesn't have the deep resources and he doesn't even have the deep resources to create the resources and that's really the marlins problem like if you had the money right you had money, like I'm talking about money, like Stephen Ross money, that you can invest a couple hundred million dollars and you don't care about waiting for the return down the line. You're kind of like some of us that are in the Bitcoin and all that. Those of us that are thinking about making money in the next month or six months, we're crazy. That is, no, you're, you're talking about, you know, 24, 25 down the line. The back end of 23, we should start seeing some results. Those of us that have been investing the last 14, 15 months, we're going to have like another maybe seven, eight, nine months of, of, of hell still. And then after like 20 months, you know, of hanging in there, we should start to see something, right? We have to invest and, and give it time, and then we'll see our returns. Well, that's what you need with the Marlins. You need somebody that can invest in salaries and then start to produce the winning, which then creates the culture, and then people start to flock. But it's going to take a while because they have to trust you first. And then they have to really believe that you're actually a real good team. And then they have to believe that you're bringing, bringing them back the next year and you're committed. And then people will start to commit. You know what I mean? 
that's that that's kind of the the thing if you're not the dolphins or the heat right or the canes these are all teams that are already established inside the culture of south florida sports the panthers the marlins and inter miami have not done that yet because none of them have been able to produce winning on a consistent basis and prove that they can get to the playoffs. You don't have to win a championship, but you have to prove you're committed to winning. You know, and if the Panthers miss the playoffs this year, it's devastating for them because everything they did last year, they have gone about destroying it this year. And then they destroy it with the fan base because they have their hardcore people that are going to show up, right? Just like the Marlins have three, four, five thousand people that are going to show up every game. But if you really want to get everybody else, you've got to win them over. The Heat already won them over. This might be a down year for the Heat. They make the playoffs, going to get an early exit. That's a down year for the Heat. Think about that. That's a down year. The Dolphins already have the following. They're just dying for a winner. They're waiting for it. The The Canes have it too. They just haven't won in a long time. They're just dying for the winner, but they're there. They're waiting. They're in the wings. Marlins and Panthers and Inter-Miami don't have that. So they have to go out and prove to people that they're committed to winning. Out of the three, right, there's no doubt that the Panthers and Inter-Miami are committed to winning. The Marlins have never proved. It's not that they, it's not that this ownership hasn't proven it. It's just they don't have the money to prove it, unfortunately. So that part is not their fault. You know, they really should not have been allowed to buy the team is really the, the issue. But that was a lawyer thing. It, it's, a, it's a lawyer thing that he screwed us on the way out. You know, the way Jimmy screwed us with Wanstead, the way that uh, Leonard Hamilton screwed us with, um, what was the guy's name? Oh, I forgot now the guy's name. But, you know, we, that's happened to us that, you know, uh, that that we've been screwed by uh, Frank Haith, uh, that we've been screwed by, you know, somebody that they, no, no, it wasn't Frank Haith. It was the other guy. It was the guy before Frank Haith that was uh, a really lazy, he, he flew on a different plane than the team did. God, what was his name? Was it Perry or something? What was the name of the guy that took that Leonard? It was Leonard Hamilton's friend. It wasn't, I'm sorry, Frank, you're a good dude. Um, God, what was his name? I forgot now. Oh man. Perry Clark. That's it. I did get half of it. Perry Clark. That's it. That clown, you know, I don't know what's worse. Jimmy leaving us Wanstead or Leonard leaving us Perry Clark. Yeah. Yeah, those those were pretty bad. Pretty bad. But that's un- until they kind of prove it, you're not going to get people to get on board, unfortunately. And that's the problem with the Marlins. That's the problem with Inter-Miami. That'll be the problem with the Panthers. Now, Inter and the Panthers are in the process of doing it. And by the way, with Messi coming because <laughs> I have, I, I, I'm almost like at a hundred percent. I like, I'm at 90% that he's coming because it just smells like it. There's, he has no contract anywhere, which how does the best player in the world not already have a deal for next season? You know what I mean? 
I just get the feeling he's coming here. So I know Inter is on the brink, and the Moss brothers are maniacs. They're going to want to win. You're not going to stop them from winning. They might have made their mistakes early on and all that shit, but they'll figure this thing out, and they already have, and Chris Henderson's a badass, and Neville's doing a really good job. So they're on their way. And the Panthers, their ownership is overly committed to winning. Okay? They've made some mistakes. The Bobrowski thing has kind of hurt them and all that. And we'll see, but they're trying at least. They're 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 working hard at it. But the Marlins have so much to go, man. So much to go. So, yeah, kind of sucks. Frankie says, Big O, what do you prefer if you had to choose one, a championship for one year and then bad play for the next 15 years or a team that competes consistently but never wins? No, I want the championship. I've already gone. I've gone through like the last 40 years of the Dolphins not winning a title. And, yeah, we had the Marino years and, you know, and then we had the the Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas years and a Lamar Smith year and uh, two Ricky years and the – wildcat year and all that none of that shit means anything because it doesn't have a title to it so no i'd rather have a title and suck for 50 dude they haven't done anything for 40 so yeah give me the title and it like the rams you see what the rams did i have no problem with the rams what they're going through cap hell now and they've got to get rid of people and all kinds of shit because they you know they went they went the other way they went the free agent route and now you know Everything's catching up to you. You know, the, 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 the Pied Piper is catching up to you. You've got to pay all these salaries and all these signing bonuses that you've given up over the years. And now it's all coming to, you know, but it's fine. You got your championship. I don't care. I don't care if you have to suck for a few years after you got a title. You got a title. Give me a title, dude. So, yes. I don't care about winning consistently. I care about winning a title. You know, hell yeah, dude. Please give me a title. Uh, When you don't have the money, you need to develop your players like the Rays do. We can't develop hitters at all. Uh, Carlos, what do the Rays win? I don't give a shit about the Rays, dude. I'm so tired of people talking about the Rays. Like, what do they win? It, It goes back to that question just Frankie asked me. I don't give a shit that you actually make the playoffs every once in a while. I don't care that you're competitive. What do you win? I'm sorry. When, when you walk into Tropicana or whatever the hell that, that crap hole is called, are there any banners hanging there that say championship? Tampa's not good enough. I'm sorry. Tampa and Oakland, they don't mean shit to me, dude. Trying to be decent means nothing to me. If you're not trying to win a title, it means nothing to me. I love how people talk about the Rays. Who cares about a bunch of overachievers? That's what they are. Who gives a shit, dude, about an overachiever? The Tampa Rays can kiss my ass, dude. They have no titles. I'd rather be the Marlins. You got two titles. What does Tampa have? What does your winning do for you? What does it mean that you get into the playoffs every once in a while? It means nothing. 
You take a bunch of Viagra and you can't finish the job. You 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 went you went to the club, you you struck you struck up a conversation with her, you made her even smile and laugh a little bit. But that's where it ended. She said good night after that. I don't need to get teased, dude. I need to get laid. You losers that talk about the Rays. That's a tease. Who gives a shit about a tease? I hate when they use the Rays as an example. What's an example of coming up short all the time? That's an example? Nah. I'll go with the team that actually finishes the job. I don't care about a tease. Oh, you know, the Oakland A's, they do a great job of what? What do they win? I'm sorry. I must have missed it. Are we back to the 70s? I'm sorry. Are we back to Reggie Jackson and company? <laughs> the Rays. What kind of an example is that? I don't want to be the Rays. I don't want to be a tease. I don't want to come up in second place all the time. That's, you know, that's striving for, you know, coming up short. Raise. Give me a break. Um, Inflating balloons only to let out all the air. Yep. That's how I feel about the bills. Well, that's what the bills are. A lot of hot air and no substance inside because they don't win. So yeah, you you talk a lot about the Bills and yet they don't they 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 don't finish the job. So yeah, you're right. Oh, do you think the Panthers will make the playoffs? No, I don't. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I came here for Viagra references. That's it. Well, you know. It's what it is. Clearly, the Rays need a lot of Viagra so they can finish the job because they just get teased. You know, they keep looking down at their at their pants going. It's not working. I need some blue chew. Uh, if Messi comes, his first game has to be at Hard Rock. No, the, the first game will be at, at Dry Pink Stadium, my brother. That's probably where it's going to be. I don't think they'll do the Hard Rock thing. I think they'll do it there at their stadium. What I think they will do, uh, and this is my prediction, you know, the, they're, they're going to add bleachers to the corners. They're going to add bleachers to the corners. If they're smart, which they are, they probably have already like investigated it and found out, okay, you know, if we're getting him, we need to, cause that that's, you know, what, probably four, five, 6,000 seats that you can add in the corners and, and you can make a lot of money with those, you know, five, 6,000 seats and get ready 
for the price of Inter-Miami tickets in the second half of the season, they're going to go up if you want to go to any single games. I, I've, I've said it meant for the hell of it. Get a pair of season tickets just for the hell of it. If you can afford it, you know, you'll probably make your money back easily in the second half by selling the messy games. Because that is, or you want to go. One, one of the two, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I just, I, I get the feeling that it, it's happening, man. I never thought it was going to happen, folks. Never thought this was going to happen. So if he gets here, I am completely wrong. Just because I've been telling you now that it it's going to happen doesn't mean I'm right, okay? I, I'm just saying, because, you know, they've been talking about this for a couple years, and for me, I've always thought it was a, a load of crap. But the way it's worked out now, he doesn't have a deal. They have the 10 open and the five for the other guy. And he doesn't have a contract. And he's into his season now that ends in the summer. And he's risking injury, everything. He doesn't have a contract. And and, and even the, the, the uh, Arab team offered him a couple hundred million. And yet he didn't take that. I just get the feeling he's coming here. The league's going to give him a team. Um, by the way, okay, no Cam, where's Cam at? Uh, so I think the league will give him a team and all that, you know? So I don't know, man. Uh, I just, I think it's going to happen. Uh, let's see. Justice Department confirms it has launched a review. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, what's the latest and greatest with the stadium being built by the airport? You talk about the, um, Miami Freedom Park. I, I think they're pretty close to starting, uh to to build in it but yeah it's uh, a couple years away a couple years away my brother um big o what's your thoughts on daniel jones contract i think he's a mediocre qb qb yeah but they were in a rock and a hard place uh clearly the coach felt he could work with the guy i'm not a daniel jones guy and then they wanted to lock in saquon too so what they did was they kind of gave him the contract to then be able to lock in Saquon and kind of keep the base of their team. Again, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy, but I guess Brian Dable feels like, you know, he's going to get better. Or we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think it's a crappy contract, and the Giants will end up paying the price for it. And let me tell you something. I would not give Saquon Barkley a long-term contract either because he's had all the injuries. So we'll see. But apparently that they're working on a long-term contract anyways with him. So the, the tag was just to kind of keep him there. In fact, the contract that the Giants put on the table for Saquon, apparently the average per year was higher than even the franchise tag. So he's clearly pissed right now that he can't negotiate out in the open market. Uh, but now he's going to have to negotiate with the Giants and come to some kind of agreement or risk injury and play on that tag. 
So we'll see. Like, well, how many, uh, how many running backs got tagged? Tony Pollard got tagged. Josh Jacobs got tagged. So several running backs got tagged, and it's like ten million the tag. It's not. It's not the end of the world number, and that's why they're. That's why they're using that franchise tag because it's not a big, big. You know, it's not a big, enormous number. So, Big O, who is your free agent? Uh, I uh, I got two of them, Poyer and Wagner. Those are the two guys I would get. Wagner, you don't have to give him a long-term contract. So it's a more, you know, Chris Greer loves his two-year deals. Bobby Wagner fits exactly in that two-year contract mold. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Wagner, if let's say, just for an example, if he signs with the Dolphins, he gets a three-year contract, but it's really a two-year contract because they kind of play with the money for the third year. Kind of like what he does when he does two-year contracts that he kind of plays with the deal that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby gets a, a three-year contract that's really a two-year contract, but that third-year kind of uh, flexibility for you know the signing bonus and all that stuff from early on. So uh, Poyer would be the guy and Bobby would be the guy. All right, let's get to talking a little football. Let's uh, unleash the wolf pack. We unleash the wolf pack as we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL Insider, Cameron Wolf. All right, all right. There he is trying to flex some muscles. How you doing, my brother? You doing good? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, back from a couple days up north and uh, happy to be back in the warmth, so. Um, and, and you're happy seasons. not to have to wake up at three in the morning to do the damn show. That too. I I love doing the show. It was a blast. Uh, but sure it, it does take some getting used to waking up that early. Uh, the good when news I used is to do that, when I used to do that shift, I had to get a nap in the afternoon. Yeah. Or if not, I was used. You're to exhausted, this. right? And so there's yeah. there's two things there. You have to get used to getting up, but you're also done at ten o'clock, which feels very weird. But at the same time, like you said, I got tired super early in the day. So I didn't get to take advantage of like, oh, let's do stuff in the night. Or I fell asleep like halfway through seven o'clock games because, you know, you're just tired. So it's a balance. I'm sure if I did it full time, you get used to it. But going from my schedule when I probably wake up regularly like seven, seven thirty, go to sleep like 10, 30, 11 to pushing that up three hours each way. Uh, that's that's definitely different. I did it for a while, and I always had to get a little nap in between the day, or if not, I wouldn't be able to last the whole day into the night. I, I just, and I'm the guy that wants to watch the games. Yep. So you know, because a lot of people that do those morning shows, they normally go to sleep really early. Actually, yeah. they don't really watch the games. They yeah. just kind of wake up in the morning, watch the highlights, read the read the about it, and all that, and then they kind of formulate their opinion from that. But they didn't really watch the games. I'm the nutbag that really wants to watch the games. Right. And, and that that would hurt me too. Like I would want to watch the Sunday night 
game. I want to watch the Monday night game. Those games aren't ending until 11, 30, 12. You got to right. be up in three, three, three and a half hours. So right. that's, uh, and doing what I do, I got to watch, you know, I watch the Panthers game and I watch the Dolphins game. I watch the yeah. Marlins game. I watch the Heat game. I, I watch the Inter-Miami game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got to, I got to watch the game. So yeah, it's a, it's a brutal, brutal time. When I started doing this, I was like, yeah, I'm not going early. Uh, you know, 10 is good. It's right in the middle of the day. It allows me to sleep in still to a decent time. And then, you know, I'm done early too, but I, I still have time to, and I still have energy for the rest of the day, you know? Yes. All right. Let's, uh, you know, we've gotten to a point now. Uh, we used to make fun of Oliver Stone. And I don't know who you know. I don't know if you know who that is, so. A film director, really famous one, yeah. and he's uh, and he, you know, he's made some movies in the past, and and he was always kind of the conspiracy theory guy. Okay, and we used to make fun of Oliver Stone. In fact, we would call people Oliver Stone back in the day, and that was a reference. Like, come on, dude, it's a it's not a conspiracy theory. So, I know that in today's world, everything is a conspiracy theory. If you don't mm -hmm. believe it, it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. And so I'm sorry about the Lamar Jackson thing. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Yeah. If people don't sign him, it's because he's a running quarterback that's been injured the last two years. He wants a fully guaranteed contract with two first round picks that you got to pay. That's a lot of compensation for anybody out there. So it's very understandable that most will not want to do this. But there is nothing to do with conspiracy theory and they're all getting together to not sign them. Bullshit. This is a league that will sign a triple murderer if they can help you win a championship. And it, you saw what happened with Deshaun Watson. They signed him and he had a, a, a crap ton of baggage in Cleveland. The problem is stupid teams do stupid things when they're desperate. And the, the 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 Browns were desperate, just like the Raiders were dumb in giving John Gruden a ridiculous contract that then ruined the market for coaches and everybody else in the league. Because here comes Matt Rule getting a same contract type of treatment when he didn't deserve it. He didn't even win a Super Bowl in this league. At least John Gruden won a Super Bowl. At least he had success with the Raiders and all that. So there was some track record to why you would want to give him that. To me, in this league, bro, they would sign anybody and everybody that they can if they will help you win. If they're not signing Lamar, it's because there are the legitimate concerns that I just talked about. So where are you going? Legitimate concerns or are you going conspiracy theory too? Uh, I'm not going conspiracy theory, but I will say um, it is notable that a lot of people are out as quickly as they are. Because you look at quarterbacks who've given contracts. Daniel Jones just got $40 million from the Giants. Derek yeah. Carr just got $37.5 million. No compensation. From, no from compensation. Um, no compensation. So those, those deals are two-year guarantees versus four-year guarantees. Correct. But at the same time, we don't know. Like We've heard some reports, but we don't know for a fact what number Lamar is his breakaway point. Everybody's saying, oh, the Sean contract. We don't know that for sure. And do teams know that for sure? To me, a conversation. So you're, you're, so what you're saying is that because Josina Anderson was completely off on the Dolphins report, she's also off 
on the fact that Deshaun Watson says he wants no less than what Deshaun Watson got. I'm not saying I don't like to conflict people's report. I just report what I report. And so I could tell you that the Dolphins are are keeping to a back in 2023. And I've reported that for months now that Tua will be the Dolphins quarterback in 2023. I would be absolutely shocked, shocked. Um, you know, I never say never, but I would be shocked. And so people put out their reports and I see them and they talk to people maybe different than I do. And hey. More power to you, but I knew that to be something that I felt comfortable with, with our reporting with. So the same thing with Lamar, if I'm a team, I could see that report, but at the same time, I want to talk to Lamar. Maybe his number is different from the, I've seen it before where your number is different for one team than it is for another. Maybe, maybe it is right. Maybe he asked for a Deshaun contract there. He does the market search and realizes he might not get it. And he says, okay, well, I'll take 150 million guaranteed or whatever i'm just put, putting a number in the air uh, i remember aj brown aj brown did a podcast uh with the memphis uh, uh podcast call company called raw raw room former nfl linebacker darren bates and he was talking about the tennessee titans negotiations and how they went and how they didn't go they went poorly he said initially he and his team asked for the world like you like you do in a lot of negotiations he said they were asking for over 25 million dollars a year the Titans, this is his words, not my words. He said the Titans came back with about 15, 16 million and neither side moved. And so that was that they eventually traded him. And then Philly ended up signing him for, I think, about 22. Um, and so ultimately, AJ came out later and said, I would have taken 22 from the Titans. But they never got there because the Titans were hardlining their number and AJ was hardlining his number. And so nobody ever ever moved. And so to me, there always seemed to be, and like I said, I've never, I've not talked to Lamar. I've talked to people around the situation, but it always seemed to me that even if he asked for, Hey, I wanted to show on contract and the Ravens said, Hey, no, we're only willing to give you 120 million guarantee. There is somewhere in the middle where it's a little less than fully guaranteed, but not quite, not quite 120 that you can find that medium. And to me, there just seemed to be a disconnect between Lamar and the Ravens that we never got that. And so if I'm a team and I and I, I really like the idea of Lamar, what hurts me having a conversation and figuring out what is that true number? That's the part that bothers me. Yeah, but, but no, no, you're you're you keep missing you keep leaving out two first round picks. Correct. But that kind of there were four or five teams Oh, we, oh, we gotta stop. We teams. gotta stop with the comparisons on the Daniel Jones situation. Okay, okay. So Giants, I'll give you Giants, hold on, hold on a second. Can the Giants. Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? Huh? Okay, go ahead. Um, four or five teams were willing to give Deshaun Watson three. They're willing to give Cleveland or Houston three or four first round picks and give Deshaun a big deal to get a guy who had twenty plus sexual. Uh, harassment slash assault cases against him at that point who hadn't right. won an MVP like Lamar did, um, who we saw him on the field this year, looked pretty bad. And you saw teams lining up, lining up to be willing to do that. And so to me, the fact that everybody's immediately saying without even thinking, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. That that to me doesn't line up given what we just saw last offseason. That part is what bothers me. I don't, like I said, I'm not like saying there's a whole conspiracy and 32 owners are getting together and say, we're not giving Lamar anything. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. If they pulled that off, then hey, props to them. I did not see it coming. 
But I do think it is odd to me that everybody is so completely out. Maybe there's something I'm missing there, but everybody is so yeah, completely yeah, out. I, I, th I think there's a lot of you missing uh, the fact that, okay, it's not just – he's not just a – he's not really a regular quarterback. You have to now change your entire offense for him because yep, you are now running true. a running offense now. And then he takes punishment. That's not what Deshaun Watson does. That's not what other quarterbacks do. He has to run in order to be effective. He's been out 10 games the last two years. He doesn't really actually have success in the playoffs. Maybe they were even willing to go with the alleged rapist because they actually look at him like a real quarterback, a passer. So they'll take the chance instead of the guy that doesn't have a long shelf life because nobody has a long shelf life in the history of the NFL playing in that style. Cam Newton is bigger, stronger than this guy, and he couldn't finish out his career playing his style. Why? Because he wasn't a great passer, right. and that's what hurt Cam. And I think this is the part that I somehow see, some others do, but a lot of people keep missing out with Lamar Jackson that they are wowed by his legs, but they don't see that his arm might be wickedly strong, but it's not accurate. It's not the, the, the part I laugh is, oh, he's going to come to Miami and McDaniels all of a sudden going to change his offense yeah. because Lamar can't run McDaniels offense. But now McDaniels is going to change his offense to a running offense. You know what I mean? And and Greg Roman left and went to another place. Did he get tired of running a running quarterback offense? There's a lot more to adding Lamar than just the money and the picks. You have to change your entire offense to suit his skills. And that's going to then have a trickle-down effect. And that's what I think a lot of teams are looking at. We got to give him a fully guaranteed contract. We got to give two first rounders and we now have to change our offense completely to cater his style. And I think that that's the part that people are missing. I think there are people in the NFL looking at it like I am, like he's really not a great passer. He doesn't have success in the playoffs. They, they, they're a running team. They're a defensive team. They give him the foundation, but then when they need the quarterback, He's not there. He has to be running. He has to have a lead. He has to be a front runner. That's kind of what his game is. That's what, you know, once he falls behind, that offense is not built to come back. And why? Because he's not a pure passer. And so, to me, there's more to this story than just the compensation. There certainly is more to the story. And I think the, the main thing that's more to the story is just the relationship between the Ravens and Lamar. It's yeah. got toxic at times and a lot of it has been um a lack of communication you can put that on lamar if you want maybe it's on him not having an agent that's been brought up um maybe it's on the ravens not not you know speaking to him the way he wants to be spoke to um the injury thing at the end of the season and the rehab and whether he was healthy enough to play and not healthy enough to play those are all elements here but I think the assumption that Lamar is 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 the guy that we've seen and can only be the guy that we've seen is a little dangerous because I think I told you this before. He played in a pro-style offense in Louisville, and they've always built this offense in this stretch um, with Greg Roman. But 
who's to say if you had him in a more pro style offense, he can't adjust and be a little bit more of a passer there. We've seen him when forced. I've seen games where he ran one one or two times and killed it as a passer in the pocket Threw for over 300 yards, four touchdowns and just destroyed him. And so he's shown he can do that. The question for him is, can he consistently do it? And so that's why I push back on your thought. He's not accurate. He's not a passer. He's shown us he can be all of those things in spurts. The question is, if he was that's in what offense, athletes do, bro. That's what right, athletes but, do. But, but here's what I'm saying. If you have the skill set that he has, um, and Michael Vick had the same issue, nobody is a playmaker in the open field with his legs from that position like Lamar. Like oh, never. And, never and so the balance is, do you want to take away what makes him unique to make him what every other quarterback is. And so because of that, because he does things that other quarterbacks don't have, the assumption is he can't do any of the other things. I don't think that's true. I think that even if you took away Lamar's legs, I think that he could still be a starting caliber quarterback as a pocket passer. But, uh, if, he's, not, if, but he's not an elite quarterback. If that was the case, he would have come back from the injury. The problem was he was too injured to play his game and Correct. that's why he didn't come back. I don't believe Lamar held out because of the contract. I don't believe that at all. I think the kid couldn't play his game. He needs the knee. He has to be. See, um, what's it called? Uh, um, um, Pat Mahomes had the injured mm -hmm. leg, but he can stay in the pocket and beat you. Brett Favre years ago played with a, a, a mangled leg, but he can play because he's a pocket passer. Russell Wilson, about five years ago, six years ago, started started the season, his first, like, six weeks, he had a high ankle sprain, uh, a knee sprain, and he had, like, another, and maybe it might have been a calf or something. Plus, by the way, his line was shitty. He didn't have a really consistent running game, and he started out the first six weeks playing. And why? Because he can stay in the pocket and beat you. He doesn't have to run. Lamar Jackson is a guy that cannot make a living from the pocket. I disagree. I completely can't. disagree. I disagree. He's never done it. I've never done because it. he hasn't had to. He hasn't had to. That's like if, that, if you're if that, you're that's, if, that's, if that's you're, why he doesn't have success in the postseason. It, so, so here's what, like I said, I will relate it to our day day to day life, right? I was a writer before I became a TV person, right? And now I do TV pretty much all the time. Um, if I do TV for the next ten years and don't write another story, and you could say, "Oh, Cam can't write," we don't see him do it. He can't write. He can't write. We don't see him do it. And I'm that is just because I don't do it because I've I've evolved into something else and I do that and that's what I do best. That doesn't mean I can't do this other element. And so the fact that Lamar does not show us as much pocket passing as a Patrick Mahomes, as a, these other quarterbacks, does not mean that he cannot do it if forced in that situation. I disagree with that. And that's what the whole year. element is. If By the way, he tried this year. That's what He's he was trying to do. And, and that's why they ended up with a lot of field goals. He got he drafted as a first round player. pick in a pro style offense in Bobby Petrino's offense in college. He played three years in a pro style offense before he got to the league. It's a running offense. No, he was running, he was running like your legs, he was running they were like not crazy. designing, they were not consistently designing run plays for him in college. He was a passer. And so that's why I think people just forget that because he has not done it. Like this offense, you are correct. They, it is a very much run-first offense. But at the same time, they've allocated the fewest resources at the receiver position as far as money in the last four years. They don't give him. They don't give him weapons. His running backs, which is not their fault, his running backs seem to get hurt 
every single well, year. Well, that was the last the last and, couple of years. The, the and, and so, years, and so he had, you're in a he position had, where he had a running back and he's had and he's had elite tight ends. He had tight he's end. had a yes, but that's been the only spot. He hasn't had a receiver, a number one receiver his whole career. And so yeah. he has been in a position where he's been forced to carry an offense. And when you force to carry an offense, you do what you do best and what you're most comfortable with. And that is his ability to make plays with his legs. It doesn't mean he can't pass. It's just that so his you, you don't think they catered it that way because they don't think he can do the no, other stuff. I don't. I don't. Because, no. Can't, That's my opinion. Like I said, we have a different opinion. Okay, I don't think they catered so, to all. So hold on a second. So basically, you're saying. So basically, you're saying the Ravens front office and coaching staff is stupid because they have a passer, but they're stopping him from passing. So they purposely don't get elite receivers to help them become and evolve the offense better. So, no, so you're saying say that, no, that no. they purposely think he can't pass. No, but you think he can pass. No, I don't think they're purposely doing that. I just think they struggle drafting receivers. They have drafted receivers time and time again. They drafted Rashad Bateman, who hasn't been this player yet. They drafted Hollywood I mean, Brown, you, you who they had to trade away because they're Huh? They become available in free agency. They become available in the in trades. You can trade for one. You can sign. You can actually sign one well, in free agency. But I'm telling you, they have never had a number one wide receiver in this offense for Lamar. Never. And so, well, I get it. I and get so, it. what was the argument for Tua? Right. And I'm like, I bring it back to Dolphins because we're on a Dolphins Dolphins uh, podcast. The argument before they got Tyreek and before they got Jalen was Tua needs more around him. He needs a better offensive line. He needs more weapons, right? These are things that quarterback should have. And the fact that Lamar does not have them, we just like, oh, well, it's because he can't throw. What? We don't say that for any other quarterback. We didn't say Tua couldn't throw. He just needed more, more stuff. No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Others said he couldn't throw. I never said he couldn't right, throw. Right, and I, I never said and, it either. And by, and by the way, with the shitty weapons, he proved over and over that he was a passer. Has right. always proven that he's a passer. He doesn't have to prove that he's a passer. What we needed was better weapons so he can actually score more, so he can get down. What we said was, oh, well, it's a dink and dunk offense. Well, look what they've got. They've got no line, no running game. So Waddle doesn't have time to get downfield. So he's catching short passes. Gesicki's making a bunch of plays. Go get him weapons. Well, guess what? You got him weapons, and now right. he extended his passing from a short to medium passing to what the best deep passer in the in the NFL. Yeah. Two, you know, last year, Tua so, was great. So passing was not a question mark with Tua ever. It was more about the weapons that he needed in order to expand the offense. Okay, I wasn't the one talking that he couldn't pass. Right. I never said and that. I wasn't either, but that wasn't that I wasn't there. The talent and the coaching around him was the problem. Right. But and my, sure enough, that's but my point is, is that when you change the environment for a quarterback, you allow him to be the fullest version of himself. The Dolphins changed the environment. It's a different environment for Lamar and Tua, but they changed the environment with the coaching staff, with improvement in the offensive line, with bringing in Tyreek, and it allowed Tua to be the fullest version of himself. We've not seen the Ravens change the environment for Lamar. So I don't think it's fair to say what the fullest version of him is because we haven't seen that. The Bills, 
The first two years under Josh Allen, he was a sub 60% passer. They went and got Stefan Diggs. They changed his environment and he became a consistent MVP candidate. You change your environment for a quarterback, you can consistently see who the foolish version of him is. Now, I am not like fully defending Lamar. He has some things he has to be better at. He's got to be better in how he communicates with his team. He's got to be better in staying healthy. These are things that Lamar has to be better at. But my argument is the Ravens have not done the full job of changing the environment of Lamar to allow him to be the fullest. Ver- I think the assumption that he cannot be a passer and he cannot do all these things is not fully accurate because we have not seen the Ravens put him in an environment where he could succeed in that, in those elements. That's just, my and by the way, jo- by the way, Josh Allen, they gave him the weapons numbers have gotten better and all that, but he still hasn't gotten over that hump either. Correct, but 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 you consider Josh Allen one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, right? And that's because he's also inaccurate. Okay, but but you do consider Josh Allen one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, right? Yeah, yeah, because of his physical freakish talent. But I don't consider him a top five passer. So so I guess my question is 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 what is the difference between your view about Josh Allen as a quarterback and Lamar as a quarterback? Let me go back to your former beat. Okay. Yep. Because your former beat has our former quarterback. Yep. Our former quarterback, which I knew couldn't play and wasn't the guy ever. Well, no, we got to improve everything around him. Well, they gave him everything in Tennessee. And every time you needed him to be a passer, what happened? He needed depends because he was shitting in his pants because that's who he is. Okay. Because he's not a passer. He's a athletic running quarterback not to the extent of Lamar but that's who he is he's a front runner he can he can depend on Derrick Henry he can depend on a lead but when you need him to come from behind and lead a team and pass your way out Tannehill's not going to do that Tannehill's going to go on script Josh Allen by the way does a lot of crazy stuff and you know and and does some amazing plays at times because he's an amazing athlete but there are moments where you need the quarterback to get it done, and he hasn't been getting it done either. And Lamar Jackson is probably a worse passer than than uh, than Josh Allen, and probably the same thing as Ryan too. Erratic. Again, when you need a passer, he doesn't come through. So, I think the same thing would happen with Lamar. You could give him the weapons; some of the stats will get better. Because in in the end, you do have better players around you, but you're still going to have to make the throws on a consistent basis. And that's something that these guys struggle with that are great athletes. They will flash you. And I'm sure while you were at Tennessee at times, and the Tennessee fans saw a couple of throws from Brian, and you said, oh, wow, he can be the guy. No, he can. It's just that he's an athlete. Athletes will wow us. They will fool us but they can't do it on a consistent basis because they're not pure passers. And to me, that's what the, that that will be the problem with some of these guys as they try to make this transition in the end, you got to stay in the pocket and win from the pocket with the bills. They depend too much on the run from Josh Allen and crazy plays that he can't necessarily stay there and make a living from the pocket. Lamar has that same problem. He can't make a living from the pocket. So, so clearly we have a different view of Lamar, and we've made yeah. a lot of arguments here and there. I, my my final point on this is your last point about 
winning in the pocket. I think that this is going to be a new era coming up, and that's going to completely change. And we're already starting to see it. Um, sure. Jalen Hurts showed us that you can almost win a Super Bowl by not being the quote-unquote pocket passer first player. He ran and does run more than any quarterback we've seen con- consistently almost be an MVP. And I yeah, think but he's, dropped, new but he's generation, dropping times. Huh? Dropping, uh, he's right, dropping because times. he evolved as a passer, and they yes. had an offense and a receiver group with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, with the best offensive line in football. And so you surround him, not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts, because I think he's an amazing player. But you put him in a situation where he can be the best version of himself, but you also don't force him to say, hey, I'll stand in the pocket. That's the only way you can win as a quarterback. No, nah, that's crap. That's crap. It's a new era of football. You're going to see more and more quarterbacks. We're seeing them coming out in this draft. Anthony Richardson, if he succeeds, is going to be a quarterback similar to these guys where he may never be a 70% passer, but he is going to be able to win because of the ability to, to, to win with his legs and with his arms. And so I think that you're going to see it, like I said, a different era of quarterbacks where pocket winning in the pocket is not going to be a prerequisite to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I still think we're 10, 20 years away from, from that because I still think in the end you're going to have to be accurate from the pocket. And the guys that all win the titles are all the guys that are accurate from the pocket. All of them. I think that's just about to change really soon. Just check, I think that's going to really soon. I mean, you've check been right. You've been right. Up to the last fifty-five years, so I cannot argue with that. But I think we're seeing right, right. And, more and over and more the quarterbacks get closer and closer. And I think once it happens, that's going to change NFL teams' mindset on what we need our quarterback to do and look like. Or, or it's more a product of what's coming out of college. And so, over the next twenty or thirty years, less and less pocket passers will be developed, and more and more athletic running passers will be developed, and then the involvement will come from those guys will learn to be also accurate from the pocket at the same time. So that way you do end up like Pat Mahomes, like Steve Young. All right. There are guys that we've had through the league that can run, but also can stay in the pocket and be deadly accurate from there and kill you. So you've got to find those kind of guys that evolve eventually because defenses are so fast and so quick that runners also run into mistakes. They run yeah, into sacks. They, they create true. problems also for themselves to end. They take unnecessary hits. So the guy that can live in the pocket a lot faster and, and make quick decisions. One, he's going to last a lot longer. He's going to have a longer career. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Cause the, the running quarterbacks aren't going to have a long career cam. That's the problem. I think you continue to evolve as an offense. I think Philly's done a great time job with Nick Sirianni of minimizing the amount of hits that Jalen Hurts takes, although he runs a, a lot. But they he does not – you don't see him getting consistently hurt. He got the one shoulder injury. That's the only injury he's had in his first three years in the league. Um, but at the same time, I think you're seeing that it's the opposite of what it used to be. I think it's very hard for me as an NFL GM to take a quarterback who is a statue in the pocket and cannot move in the top 10, because I think you need players who can win outside of scheme, who can win when the play breaks down and move outside of the pocket, your old cliche pocket passers who run everything out of the pocket. I think that players is going to become more and more extinct and you're going to need to be a hybrid. That doesn't mean you, you're not going to have to be accurate from the pocket. I think that element's right, but I think the, 
element of the mobility is going to be more of a prerequisite than, hey, can he stand in the pocket and throw it 50 times without moving outside of the tackle box? I don't think yeah, that'll I, be I like the mobility of, of a Rodgers without the dark room and a Mahomes. Um, uh, the, you know, that kind of mobility and that kind of a passer where it's not necessarily I need my legs to be successful. I need my legs to make that next pass or I'll take a couple of yards off of you because you're giving me the open field. To me, that's the guy that I would love to find more is the guy that can run when he has to run or help to create, but not the guy that he needs to run in order to be who he is. That's right. That's, what I, that's absolutely the goal. But like my whole point with Lamar, and like I said, he has his flaws. I am not saying that he does not have his flaws. He may not be the quintessential quarterback to be a running quarterback and win a Super Bowl. He may never do that. But the quarterbacks we have mentioned that are of that skill set, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, the difference between them and what the Ravens have done with Lamar, they have surrounded those guys with the right skill set and the players around them to allow them to make the choices of, hey, I can throw the ball downfield to Stephon Diggs. I can throw the ball to A.J., and and Devonte smith and consistently do that whereas if lamar is usually back there and he has to make a play it's devin duvernay is devin duvernay open is is uh who i don't even know i don't know any what, Ravens receivers. what what happened at, bro duvernay the first eight games was a monster yes remember like this right. year the first yeah. eight games he was like the mvp of the team actually he was, but when you have number three receivers trying to be number one receivers at some point, wow. the clock runs out. And so, well, they figured him out, bro, because yeah. he was awesome. Right. I think, didn't he like, I think he like made X look bad on, on that in that game. And he did. Devin Duvernay was awesome. I actually uh, talked to him on the phone before one of our games because he was their top receiver and he had been balling. And we had talked about it. And really, after that game, he had kind of fell off. And so that that's the element that I I, I well, want so to see. So it was you. So it was you. After he talked to you, his yeah. his, his I was talking. I'm not gonna lie. I was talking up how he was playing, and and he was talking about how he's trying to be a number one. And you jinxed him. He, he was never a number one again the rest of the season. You jinxed him. Jesus, Cam. Damn. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf. If you want him to jinx you, he'll do that. <laughs> so just you know, reach out to him. Catch him there at the NFL Network. We're in some crazy-ass shades. Cam, as always, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. We'll catch up later in the week. Sounds good. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf, baby. Good morning, football. It's an interesting one. We have unleashed the Wolf Pack. This has been the KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let me see here. Uh. <laughs> you know what happened, uh, Sean? Uh, we sent uh, we sent um, our boy the link, and uh, you know he has a new email because his old email doesn't work because he's got a new job. <laughs> so now we'll get him on, 
We've got the new email. We sent him the new link. So we'll get Matt Verderam on right away, and uh, we'll have some fun with Matt, and we'll talk. See, to me, that's the interesting part about the Lamar discussion, and that's because I think a lot of people are just wrong about Lamar. You know, that's all. And and I mentioned it in the in the fifteen minute uh, opener of the show a couple years ago. I had a beat reporter on Teron Davenport, good dude. Uh, from Tennessee, and uh, we had the discussion of Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson. And, you know, I've never really been a believer of either guy being a franchise guy ever because I don't think they're real passers, you know. And eventually, the since we had that conversation, Tannehill's already gone down the tubes, and I'm sure he – I don't know if he doesn't agree with me now, whatever – but you know, he thought I was nuts and didn't have and didn't have any idea what I was talking about. About you know, Tan, he was convinced Tannehill was a franchise guy and convinced that Lamar is a, uh, a franchise guy. And I think you know, as time goes on, I'll be proven right, and people will see what I see. You know, terrific young man, but he isn't a passer, and there's a lot to do. By the way, I see there we will be there. At the fair, we're going to have some giveaways for you, some uh, passes to the fair. Uh, we'll be uh, giving away some stuff. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be there broadcasting live at the Dade County Youth Fair three times. Three times. Three Utah. Three. Get me three, Utah. I know you only asked for two in the movie. But that's, you know, guys are robbing the banks and he's eating his chili dogs. It's not, that's not good. It's not good. John Santos says, let's Lamar, let Lamar Jackson, oh, uh, as a punt returner only. He'd be a pretty good punt returner. Oh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh. Any uh, questions or defenses will adjust to those QBs? It's exposed by zero blitz. All right. All right. There he is. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the red recover inside the huddle. Let's get into the huddle with Matt Verderam right now. <laughs> 